Welcome to Hacking Your ADHD, part of the ADHD Rewired Podcast Network. I'm your host, William Kerb, and I have ADHD. On this podcast, I dig into the tools, tactics, and best practices to help you work with your ADHD brain. Hey team, this week we're getting emotional and talking about the relationship between ADHD and our emotions. While emotional dysregulation isn't part of the diagnostic criteria for ADHD, Some studies have found that up to 70% of adults with ADHD do exhibit some form of emotional dysregulation. In this episode, we'll be getting into why that isn't part of the diagnosis, as well as examining what emotional regulation actually is and what we can do to help ourselves keep our cool a little bit better. If you'd like to follow along on the show notes page, you can find that at hackingyouradhd.com slash emotional dysregulation. All right, keep on listening to find out how our emotions play such a big role in our ADHD. One of the surprising aspects of ADHD for me was how much it affects my emotions, which, well, it isn't actually that surprising. I mean, why would I think that my emotions would be separate from the rest of my ADHD? Nonetheless, it took me a long time to realize how intertwined emotion and ADHD are. Before we dive into that, though, I think it's important that we all start on the same page as to what emotions really are. Because emotions aren't all that cut and dry, nor are they culturally viewed the same way all over the world. To start off, we can think of emotions as our mental state that are triggered in response to events and situations in our life. We might experience joy when we receive good news or sadness at the loss of a loved one. Of course, we know it's not all that simple either. Maybe we do get that news that we got the new job that we really wanted, but that also means moving across the country and leaving our old life behind. There's always going to be nuance in our emotional response. While emotion isn't entirely universal, one model we can look at is from psychologist Paul Ekman, who in 1972 suggested there are six basic emotions, fear, disgust, anger, surprise, happiness, and sadness. Of course, there are more emotions than just these few, and these theories have been expanded. And as I was describing above, we can have happiness twinged with sadness, which we call bittersweet. Now with that, I said that our emotions are in response to events and situations in our life, and how those emotions are played out is determined by our emotional regulation, which is our ability to control our emotional response to those stimuli. I know it's a bit of a mouthful there. But basically, we control our emotions either through downregulation or upregulation, where we work on reducing or enhancing the effects of whatever we're feeling. Most of the time, when we're looking at regulating our emotions, we're talking about downregulations, where, for example, we're trying to de-escalate our anger, anxiety, or fear. Although certainly we could look at upregulation, where we're trying to do something like get excited about an event we might not really want to go to. I also want to quickly go over the idea of the hot-cold empathy gap which I find incredibly helpful for understanding why I feel like my emotional response doesn't always make sense. The basic premise here is that it is difficult for us to understand how we would feel when we're in a different emotional state. When we're in a hot state, like being angry or afraid, it's hard for us to understand how our behavior is being driven by that state. When we're in that state, it feels like our actions are justified, that we're doing the right thing. But equally on the other side of things, when we're in a cold state, it's hard for us to picture how we'd react when we'd go into that hot state. Our cool, logical brain goes, well, I would never act that way because telling my boss to eat me 
really isn't a productive thing to do. And the problem here is because we can't predict those states, we feel like we don't necessarily need to prepare for that potential hot state, even if it's something that we have done before. We go, well, that was a bad decision that one time. This time we'll be fine because, because I just won't do it. But of course, that's just us failing to identify how we're going to behave once we get into that hot state. This can also lead to a lot of judgment of ourselves because we don't understand why our hot state selves would have done that thing. So it's important that we understand this gap in our ability to empathize with ourselves. Our brains just have trouble picturing that version of ourselves. While ADHD and emotions are deeply intertwined, emotional dysregulation is not part of the diagnostic criteria. But this wasn't always the case, and was part of the diagnosis up until in the 1970s when it was removed. Was this because they discovered that ADHD and emotions weren't linked? No. What actually was happening was there was an attempt for researchers to be more rigorous in their diagnostic approach, and that meant focusing on things that could be measured. Unfortunately, it's really hard to measure emotion and emotional response, so it was simply removed from the diagnostic criteria. So while emotions do play a huge part in our ADHD, that side is often overlooked because it's just not in the DSM anymore. Now, it's also important to understand that ADHD is not a mood disorder. The emotions that we're having are normal emotions. What we're experiencing are issues in regulating those emotions. If someone says something rude and we get angry, well, most likely anyone would get angry. What's different is how we react to that anger. Emotions are largely rational, meaning that it makes sense that we feel what we're feeling in those situations. However, when a neurotypical person is provoked, they are more likely to be able to suppress an emotional outburst by engaging in self-regulatory steps to downregulate themselves. With this in mind, we also have to consider that there are many mood disorders that can be comorbid with ADHD, such as depression or anxiety. So if your emotions are more long-lasting and are more of the mood kind and not just strong emotions, then it may be worth looking into what else might be going on. Nonetheless, with ADHD, we're also likely to be dealing with emotional impulsiveness and deficient emotional self-regulation. This means that we're going to have lower frustration tolerance, be more impatient, be quicker to anger, and in general, more likely to be overcome by our emotions. We're also likely to feel like our emotions have higher intensity. Of course, that's hard to say because, again, we don't have good methods for measuring emotional intensity. And without good methods to help downregulate ourselves, it can seem like we have incredibly intense emotional reactions. Fortunately, we can work on learning ways to help ourselves downregulate. The first thing we can look at is how we're physically doing. We've all experienced being cranky from having too little sleep or not eating enough. By taking care of our daily needs, we can proactively downregulate ourselves. And I know it's easier said than done, because none of us go out of our way to get too little sleep or skip lunch so that we can really lay into that guy that cuts us off in traffic. But what we can do is use this information to help us identify what's going on inside of us. When we lose our temper or feel overwhelmed, it's good to check in if we're meeting our basic needs, and if not, seeing if we can work on correcting that. This also comes from a bigger idea that's helpful in these situations, which is mindfulness. 
And I'm not talking about meditation here, although those two often go hand in hand. What we're talking about is just our ability to check in with ourselves, to be mindful of who we are and what's going on inside of us. This can be difficult during those emotional situations, so it's also important to practice this kind of check-in when we're feeling more neutrally grounded. We can also work on slowing down during our emotional ramp-up. And again, I'm not saying that this kind of stuff is easy. Far from it. But if we can avoid going for our first impulse when we feel that emotional flood coming in, it can be incredibly beneficial. This can also look like removing yourself from the situation for a couple of minutes to gather yourself. If you're able to give yourself that few minutes and step outside, it can save you from saying those things that you might regret later. It's okay to slow down. It's okay to ask for some space. It's okay to know that our emotions are hard to deal with. And of course, we're not looking to suppress our emotions completely. We don't want to be robots just going about our day. We're just trying to give ourselves the space to create healthier emotional responses. Because remember, with emotional dysregulation, it isn't that our emotions aren't justified. It's a matter of intensity. It's that we're too amped up on our own feelings to do what we really want to do. One way that I like to help create the space is with a mantra that reminds myself that this too shall pass. Going back to the hot-cold empathy gap, one of my issues is that I often find that I feel like I'm just going to be feeling this way forever. Now, I don't know about you, but I've never had an emotion that lasted forever. I mean, that wouldn't be emotion. They're kind of short things that happen with situations, right? But it can feel like I'm going to be mad forever after I get amped up, and that I'm not going to regret any of those angry decisions. But that's just because it's hard for me to picture what not mad will feels like when I'm mad. So using the mantra, this too shall pass, is a reminder that, yeah, I'm not always going to feel this way, and that, yeah, I'm probably not going to agree with my actions once that happens. So this too shall pass. Perhaps I should slow down and take a breath. Finally, it's also important that we're able to forgive ourselves when these things happen. We don't need to hold grudges against ourselves because we made some bad choices when we were angry or scared or sad. We do still need to hold ourselves accountable, yes. But instead of just being mad at ourselves, we can instead work on ways to help our future selves make those better choices that we really want to make. Thanks for sticking with me all the way to the end. Before you go, though, let's do a rundown of today's top tips. 1. Emotions are short duration and often in response to specific situations. Emotional regulation is our ability to control our emotional response to those situations, usually through downregulation. 2. Emotional impulsiveness and deficient emotional self-regulation were both part of an ADHD diagnosis, but were removed from the DSM in the 1970s because they can't easily measure emotions. Nonetheless, emotions still play a big part in our ADHD. 3. We can help downregulate our emotions through mindfulness, being aware of how we are physically feeling, slowing down, and removing ourselves from difficult situations. Remember, even if we do have an emotional outburst that we don't like, we can still forgive ourselves as well. That's it. Thanks for listening. I'd love to hear what you thought of this episode. You can leave me a message over at hackingyouradhd.com slash contact. You can also reach me on Twitter at hackingyouradhd. And I've also just launched a TikTok channel that you can find by searching for hackingyouradhd. 
If you'd like links or to read this episode's transcript, you can find those on the show notes page at hackingyouradhd.com. If you'd like to support the podcast, the best way is to share episodes with someone you think would get something out of it. Just click the share button on your podcast player and send your bestie the link with something like, hey, I love this episode of Hacking Your ADHD. I bet you'd get a lot out of it too. Or you can support the show through my Patreon at hackingyouradhd.com slash Patreon. Sign up for the two, five, 10, 25, or even $50 a month level and get some great perks like monthly bonus content or early access to upcoming episodes. That's hackingyouradhd.com slash Patreon. And be sure to check out all the other podcasts on the ADHD Rewired Podcast Network. For interviews with fellow ADHDers and ADHD experts, check out Eric Tiver's show, ADHD Rewired. For those of you with kids, be sure to check out Brendan Mahan's show, ADHD Essentials. And even if you don't have kids, his show is still a great resource for ADHD management. If you're interested in exploring issues of race and diversity in ADHD, be sure to check out ADHD Diversified with MJ. I also do a live Q&A with all the hosts of the ADHD Rewired Podcast Network on the second Tuesday of the month at 10.30 a.m. Pacific. If you'd like to sign up, just go to ADHDrewired.com slash events. And now for your moment of dad. My wife has been complaining about all my farts this Halloween, but really I'm just dressing up as Jack the Ripper. 